Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm going to pick up where I left off on the last episode, talking about love. This episode will conclude the first season and no better way to end than talking about love. We hear people say all the time, I love Jesus. But what does it really mean to love Jesus? Let's see what Jesus said in how we are to love him. I'm in John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus is speaking here and here's what he says. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, Jesus only gave us two commandments. One was to believe on him. The other is in John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13 that I covered in depth on the last episode. But let's go with it here. Here's what it says. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. So we can see here, this is how Jesus says we love him. So we I covered last time in detail that laying down our lives means to put doing the will of God to bless people ahead of our own selfish will. When we desire something that conflicts with the will of God, we choose to lay down our life or lay down our will, I should say, to bless other people. In other words, we yield to what God wants us to do to bless people. I stumbled into this many years ago. I did not know what I was doing at the time. I do know now. Here's the situation. I was in Mexico playing in the Winter League, and we had just concluded the regular season and it was now time for the playoffs. My team did not make the playoffs. However, the winning teams, the teams that did make the playoffs, had an option to choose two team, two other players to add to their team to uh, continue with the playoffs. So I'm believing God that I can get a job on one of these other teams that they would pick me up. So here's what I started to do was to pray this prayer. I was going to say, Lord, we got two days off. I said, I want to go home and see my family for two days and then come back and play in the playoffs. And I was about to say, I claim the job, I declare it, I decree it in the name of Jesus Christ. But something on the inside of me said, don't pray that prayer. And uh, so I said, Lord, you know, um, I got a couple of days off. Uh, I sure like to play on this, this team here and go home and see my family. But what do you want me to do? Immediately, God spoke up in, on the inside of me and said, I have something for you to do those two days. And I'm thinking, OK, Lord, I've been busy doing some other things, helping other people be already. What do you want me to do? Soon as I said that, I heard a knock at the door. 
And when I opened the door, it was one of the coaches that I had been helping and he had been bringing some people over to the hotel that I was ministering to. And he said to me, he said, hey, uh, this pastor found out that you were uh, in town and he has an engagement at his church this one night. And then the next night after that, he has a event at a hotel and he wants you to minister those two nights. Now, isn't that something? I'm telling you immediately that answer showed up. So to make a long story short, I went, I did what the Lord wanted me to do. I ministered to some people and some people got blessed. And then uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. And I'm saying, Lord, okay, I sure like to have a job on one of these teams. And immediately again, he spoke up. He said, you did what I wanted you to do. The job is yours. And so shortly after that, I got a call from what I understand, uh, I understood later to be the best team to play for in the winter league. And they picked me up and they didn't say we picked you up because we heard you were, you were a good player. They said, we picked you up because we heard you were a good person. <laughs> now, isn't that something? Now, that's God. Now, to show you to how God responds to love like that, that team advanced me more money than I earned. And they never asked me to give the money back that they overpaid me. That's the power of love. You know, Jesus said, this is how we love God. We put people ahead of our own selfish desires when the desires conflict with the will of God. This is what moves the heart of God. And this is what will move a greater power working in your life. Have you ever wondered why the book of Acts has so many powerful miracles? Well, if you look real close, you'll see a divine love among the people when they put God and people ahead of their own selfish will. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and 33. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Now, notice, it says they moved with great power. I believe the, the love and unity that they moved in was why the power was so great. You know, in verse uh, in this same chapter, in verse 36 and 37, one man sold some of his land and brought all the money and gave it to the apostles. He didn't keep any of the money. That's love in action. This was the unselfish love of God that moved in them. Now, in chapter 5, there was a selfish husband and wife who wanted to make it look like they loved like this man who sold all his land and brought the money. So they went out and they sold their land, but they kept some of the money back and they lied saying, hey, here's all the money. And God made a statement at that time that he would not have anybody break the unity and love that the people were moving in. How did he do it? God revealed to Peter that the man was lying. And Peter confronted him saying, was not it in your power to do with the money what you wanted? In other words, you didn't have to, to um, give it all. You could have kept back some of the money. You didn't have to come and lie and make it look like you were doing like the other man. When Peter spoke these words, the man fell dead immediately. About three hours later, the man's wife came in among them. And Peter asked her about the land, and she lied too. And Peter said, why have you tempted the spirit of the Lord? 
and she fell dead immediately as well. There was so much love and unity among them that God was not going to tolerate any selfishness. Now, I have no doubt that God is bringing his people back to moving in the power like revealed in the book of Acts, and the foundation of it will be God's unselfish love and unity. You know, love moves God in a way that nothing else does. In the Bible, after Jesus died, we only have one account of Jesus standing up at the right hand of God. Every other account shows him seated. Why is he standing in this one account? Well, he's standing up because he's watching a demonstration of love from one of his disciples. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen was full of faith and power, and he was doing miracles among the people and some religious people that didn't like what he was saying and didn't like what he was doing. They decided that they were going to stone him to death. Let's read about the account. I'm in Acts chapter 7, verse 54 through 60. When they heard these words, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed upon him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped up their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And witnesses laid their clothing at the feet of a man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. In other words, he died. Now, I want you to notice something here. This man loved so much, he was willing to die. And his last breath was saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. This caused Jesus to stand up. God's unselfish love working in one of his beloved disciples. Now, we're not all called to lay down our lives like this, but we are called to grow in love to the point that we put people and the will of God ahead of ourselves. But it's a process. Most are not going to walk in this kind of love right away. As a matter of fact, Jesus told Peter that when you are old, you will lay down your life in love like this. But Peter thought he was already ready, but he did not know to what degree the love that Jesus was talking about, nor was he equipped to move in this kind of love yet because he had not been born again and received God's love in him. In John chapter 13, verses 36 to 38, Jesus is talking about how he's going to lay down his life. Let's read that and see what he says. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, and Jesus was going to lay his life down. He said, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow 
until you have denied me three times. Now, the laying down of his life that Jesus was talking about here was about giving his life without a fight. This was the will of God to for him to bless mankind. Now, the laying down of his life Peter was talking about was willing to fight to the death. How do we know this? Let's go see when Judas came with the band of men to take Jesus to put him to death. I'm in John chapter 18, verses 3 through 12. Here's what it says. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, comes with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. Now, I want you to notice the power that's around Jesus. When, when he said, I'm he, look, they went, to the, they went backwards and fell to the ground. That's how much power was around Jesus. Verse 7. Then asked he them, them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered and said, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the same might be fulfilled which is spoken of them which you gave me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, put up your sword into your sleeve. The cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink? Then the band and the captains and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Now, I want you to notice something. They did not lay hand on Jesus until he said, I'll drink the cup. Which il illustrates what I said last time on the last episode, that they didn't take Jesus' life. He surrendered his life. Notice the power that was around him. Notice they fell backwards as soon as he said, I am he. If he didn't want to go to the cross, there was enough power to make sure that they couldn't take him to the cross. Okay, now, but I what, what I want you to see here is, though, Peter, with armed men all around him, the, the men were armed, Peter was the only one that drew a sword and was willing to fight to the death until Jesus told him to stop. So he was willing to lay down his life in death, but he was not willing to lay his life down like Jesus did. He didn't have the love that Jesus had him at that time. Later, Peter denied Jesus three times as Jesus said he would. Now, why did he deny him? Well, he did not have this unselfish love of God that we have in us. Now, how do I know it was love that caused him to do that? Because Jesus said so. I'm going to John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead, and now he's appearing to his disciples alive. Here's what it says. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said unto him, feed my lambs. He said unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
He said unto him, feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now, let me stop for a minute. Now, keep in mind, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Why do you think Jesus is asking him three times, do you love me? He's trying to illustrate to us that his denial of Jesus was because this unselfish love that we now have on the other side of Jesus dying, Peter didn't have. Because Peter was not on the, he was, Jesus hadn't died yet so that the love can come into him. Now, as I continue in verse 17, Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, do you love me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Now pay attention to what Jesus is about to say now. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you girded yourself and you walked where you wanted to. But when you are old, you shall stretch forth your hands and another. Now he's talking about the Holy Spirit here as, as, as another. Another shall gird you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit girding him. And, and will carry you where you would not go. See, remember now, Jesus, that Peter was not willing to die without a fight, okay? But Jesus is now saying that one's going to take you and you're going to die without a fight. Now, how do I know that? Listen to verse 19. This spoke he, Jesus, signifying by what death he, Peter, should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto them, follow me. Now, history tells us that Peter died on a cross like his Lord Jesus without a fight. He had so much love for his Lord that he, he was crucified and he said, crucify me upside down. Now, this is the love of God that we can grow into. We start understanding that we are the righteousness of God set free from sin, knowing that in our spirits, we are just like Jesus and God will never, ever again credit sin to us. And we start our growth to come to the point that we love like Jesus. We take in God's word on a daily basis, which is like water to the seed of Christ in us. We also pray uh, in the God's presence that the seed of Christ in us needs. And as we do this daily, we see things falling off of our flesh bad habits that had us bound. We see the mind of Christ governing our lives more and more, and we're becoming like Jesus, letting God's love rule our lives. You see, God does not want you to serve him out of fear. Many are obedient to God because they're afraid if they do something wrong, they'll lose favor with God. Well, this person, when they find out they're free, they might take advantage of their liberty. But you see, God doesn't want us to serve out of fear, but out of love. See, when you serve out of love, you know you're free, but you serve God because you love him. You serve, and to serve God, we know, means to serve other people. You see, the lover says, I won't take my liberty for granted because I will not be a stumbling block for people to think bad about my God because of my actions. See, this is the love that's in us if we're in Christ. This is what we're to grow into. It's already in our spirit. We just have to renew our mind to this love. And when we do, watch the relationship that we develop with our Father God. And watch how the power of love transforms your life. You know, there is a wealth transfer that is coming. 
and a release of God's power like never before that is coming. And you and I can position ourselves by growing in this awesome love of God that's on the inside of us. It is the answer to what the world needs today, not selfishness, but love, unselfish love, the love of God that's on the inside of us that can first of all transform our lives and then transform the lives of other people around us, that they see our God for who he is and he begins to manifest things that are undeniable that it was his doing. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. Jesus.